Real Life Christian Church, it is so wonderful to see you all here this morning. Please bow your heads with me in prayer. Dear God, thank you for this beautiful day you've given us, this come into your house and lift your name in worship. In that song, it says, make these hallelujahs multiplied, raise these hallelujahs. And we just want to do that today in you for that opportunity. In your name, amen. One, two, one, two, three, four, five, six.
instrumental. feel it? The air is getting crisper. Pumpkin spice, hot chocolate, apple cider season finally here, right? Um, we can bring out our comfy clothes, as my grandson likes to call them. Fireplaces and fire pits are being prepared so that we can enjoy the warmth and the glow, maybe even some s'mores. Each season is like a new beginning. God's perfect he guides and delivers us when changes happen in our life. These seasons bring blessings when we choose to ob be obedient, even when wondering what we may be doing wrong. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap. If this verse tells us not to ever give up. We can begin each day anew. Christ knew that his season was changing in the Garden of Gethsemane when he called out to his father and, and chose to be obedient. He was willing to enter that season of suffering because the reward at the end would be worth it. This communion is a sacrifice that was made on the cross so that we as followers of Christ Jesus may always have the hope of a new season in eternity. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, help us to embrace the opportunities of each season. May we take this time of communion to reflect on this sacrifice and may you guide us as we examine ourselves in our current seasons and encourage us to remain obedient and devoted to you. Amen.
Hebrews 13, 6, and 7. And to share what you have because God is pleased with these kinds of sacrifices. Now we have an opportunity for offerings. And you'll see on the screen multiple. So let us pray for that offering. Grateful for the blessings that you have provided for each of us. Guide us as we take this opportunity to return to you a portion for the furthering of this important need. This is awkward. <laughs> Some of you don't know who I am. Uh, for those of you, uh, these young adult pastors. Some of you do know who I am. And you're thinking, oh, hey, Noah. What are my kids doing right now? <laughs> well, don't worry. They're I told them that I, I had a package of, like, embarrassing photos from middle school at some hidden down there somewhere. And then she told them to go nuts. If Miss Marlowe's down there with them today. Have you ever tried to be someone that you aren't? It was back in grade, and I had a crush. Her name was Morgan Grove. She was the first crush I ever had. And, but here's the problem, and this is true. Like, like almost shockingly so. Like, like I have an entire apartment like that level of dorkiness. So whenever I was around her, I tried to act like someone I wasn't. And you guys are gonna think this. Uh, <laughs> have you ever met me before? Whatever the exact opposite of suave is, that is me. I tried to pass myself off as suave around her. And we had a class together at one point, science, history, I don't really remember. But I do remember that we had assigned seating. Uh, I was at a table with the people here, and then across from me, Morgan Grove. And one day during class, uh, she and her friends were talking. And this is the perfect time to make my move. And so I just insert myself into the conversation. Like, no warning, boom, here I am. It goes about as well because she and her friends turned to me. And that was, the, that was when I promised myself that that would be the last time I'd ever talk to a woman. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. People try to get into a relationship based off of a persona. They try to pass themselves off as something they're not. If you've ever been in a relationship, that a relationship that is built upon lies is doomed to fail. When you're in a relationship with someone, they don't want They want you. They want the real you. A lot of us can relate to that. But when we're in a relationship, what is the expectation there? What, is, what does God expect of us when we are in relationship with him? Well, I can tell you this. He does not want a front. He doesn't want a mask. He wants you. The real you. The work, the 
or whatever you do outside of work, even in your worship. But what does it mean to just take a look at that this morning? So we're going to be in the book of John today, specifically in John chapter 4. Uh, so if you want to go ahead and turn to that, you can get a little bit of context. John is the last of the four Gospels. And John is a little bit different. Have you ever noticed that Matthew, Mark are all very similar? That's because a lot, a lot of scholars agree that Mark was the first gospel that was written. They copied off of Mark, adding their own flair and their perspective to their walk with Jesus. But John, John is different. John does his own thing, and because of that, there are only a handful of stories in the book of John that appear in the rest of the gospels. And the entire focus on, of his gospel was to highlight the divinity of Jesus. So that's the book of John in a nutshell. Chapter 4, those of you who know this chapter, for those of you who aren't familiar with the story, allow me to fill you in. So there's this woman, right? And she's at a well. No. Disciples are traveling together. And they happen upon this well. And it's around midday, so they're thirsty, so they go to this well to draw water. And as Jesus is sitting by this well, in typical, decides to go into town to get some food. And so Jesus is alone by this well. And then this woman appears. She, she remembers. This is around noontime. Typically during that time, the women would go to the well uh, in the morning to draw water because it was cooler then. Tell me, how in the middle of summer, in the middle of the day, They don't call it a hot lantern for nothing. And it, it's the same way in Israel. During midday. So what does that tell you about this woman that she decided to go to the well at noontime? A few things. It's Eve. And it tells you that she's carrying some level of shame around. So Jesus fucked with her. And, and in typical Jesus fashion, he starts poking and prodding at her. You know how we have a wound before it can get better? That's what Jesus is trying to do here. He's trying to bring out the hurt in this woman so that he can heal. But this woman's trying to do and wants nothing of it. And so she tries she tries to change the subject. And that's where we're entering into our story today. In verse 19. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Alright, let's pause right there. Jews and the Samaritans hated each other. So much so that if a Jew needed to go from point A to point B, and point A to point B brought them through Samaria, okay, around Samaria, specifically so that they wouldn't dirty their feet with their dirt. That's how much they hated each other. And there, are, one of the main reasons is 
The Samaritans believed that it should be on a mountain called Mount Gerizim. And this mountain was sacred to them because back in the one of the places where Moses and the people of Israel encamped when they were in the wilderness. And Moses declared that this place is a sacred place. That this place would be a place where people could flock to and make pilgrimages to and worship at. This is where the Samaritans believed that the place of worship should be. Believe that the the place of worship should be in the temple in Jerusalem. What was once King Solomon's temple and was then King Herod's temple. Jews and the Samaritans hated each other because of a petty squabble over the place of worship. This woman is a Samaritan. The fact that Jesus a Jew is talking to a woman who's a that at that point was unheard of. See, the Jews, even when they were in the presence of Samaritans, didn't even acknowledge their existence. Act of talking with a Samaritan really tells you something about who Jesus is. Let's continue. In verse 20, starting, believe me. The hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Genuine worship in truth. What does that mean? What does it mean to worship in spirit and truth? Worship. What does worship mean? In the original Greek, the word worship translates to the genuinely respectful recognition of God, coupled with a realistic understanding. A lot of fancy words. Here's what it means. Worship is saying to God, I am less. At its base, that's what worship is. And not just that. We are inferior to him, but in spite of the fact that we are inferior to him, he chooses to bless us. So we're acknowledging that fact and praising him for that. But it's even more than that. True, genuine worship. It's not just something that we do. Uh, it's not just something that we do when we feel like it. It's not just something that we do here on Sunday mornings. Every minute, every day. When you accept Jesus as your Savior, you repent of your sin, and you get baptized, you are no longer the person that, person that went into the water that day is dead. The person that came up from that water is made a new creation in Christ. That through Christ, we are made into a new creation. Next 
expectation from then on is that you control your life for everything in it. Worship isn't just an act that we do. It's something we live. Spirit. Within us, Christ. Spirit is, the spirit resides within. Function of worship is that it comes from within. Not an outward uh, wanting to look good for someone else. Not putting on a mask. But a true worship comes from within. When you worship in spirit, sincere, motivated by a genuine love for God and a thankfulness for all that he has done for you. Truth. Do you worship him? Do you worship him to look good in front of others? Do you worship him because it's your parents' religion? Or do you worship him because you have a deep understanding of who he is? Worship it. It comes from knowledge. Worshiping in truth is informed by who he is and what he is like. Worshiping is meant to be done because of what is true. Worshiping in truth is worshiping him because of what we So, worshiping in spirit and truth means that your worship comes from a genuine desire to praise him and know about him. That's what genuine worship looks like. What does that mean for us? One. True worship doesn't have to be in a specific place. You don't have to be here. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Bad anymore. Being in congregation, being in community with each other, coming together on Sunday morning is important because we get to worship together. We get to be with like-minded people who believe the same things that we believe and are willing to build us up. Being here on Sunday mornings, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that it doesn't have to be just here. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be just in your car. It could be anywhere. Two, true worship doesn't have to be at any Jews believe that the time of worship should be on Saturday, the Sabbath day, in the, in the synagogue. The Muslims believe that it's on Friday, and you worship facing Mecca. Worship's on Sunday, the day, the day that Jesus rose. But here's the thing. It does not just have to be on Sunday morning. I said earlier, true Messiah. Every single day, every single hour, every praising him because of who he is. Genuine, authentic worship in spirit. 
on Sunday morning at church in tears. Something that happens everywhere. Seeing the Lord praising his name, not out of ignorance. Not out of desire to, to look good in front of someone else. Not because your parents are religious. I didn't finish that story in John chapter 4. We're gonna, the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I speak to you. Picking up, picking up again in verse 28. So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come, see a man who has told me to see this out of the town. And they were coming to him. Picking up again in verse 39, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did to him. They asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. And they said to the woman, it is no we believe, for we have heard for ourselves. And we know this is indeed Savior of the world. Genuine worship doesn't just affect us, doesn't just affect our lives. When we spend every single day, every single hour, every single minute in praise of Jesus, other people will say, who is this person? Makes her different. Some of you might have come this morning thinking you have nothing to praise him for. Or marriage isn't going well. I have nothing to praise him for. Yes, you do. Nothing left to praise him for. Look to the cross. Remember the sacrifice that he remember that even before you were born, he pointed at you and said, get this right here. This is my prized possession. This is my beloved son. And I am willing to die for them. On that, on that fateful day, Jesus, uh, Jesus, died for our sins, and he took the sins of the world upon himself. Not just the sins of the people of the time, but the and those sins died with him. Because of Jesus, we, we are no longer slaves to sin. That was three days later, he rose from the, he rose from the grave, he proved himself to and he defeated death and he defeated hell because of Jesus we are no longer bound by this story anymore because of Jesus we have hope that's something worth praising for 
for this opportunity to be here today. And thank you for everything that you've done for us. All of your son. Because of your son, we know we are no longer bound to slavery to sin. We're no longer bound to death. Death is not the end of the story anymore. And that's something worth praising. introduce you to my friend of five years. He pointed out to me today that it was in 2000. This is Maddox. Maddox asks deep questions. He does. He is full of faith. He just makes the decision. 
Maddox, would you repeat after me? I believe. I believe that Jesus is alive, the Son of the Living God. The Son of the Living God. And I take him. And I take him as my Lord and Savior. As my Lord and Savior. Now we will go back and be baptized. He asked me, he called me one day and said, I have an important question for you. And I said, what's that? Be baptized. And we talked some more, and he's ready. So we're going to support him in his decision. Isn't that just wonderful? <laughs> All right, I'm going to get some announcements out of the way real quick. Um, first off, uh, we have a blood drive. It's 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Um, make sure you check that out. Uh, there is a uh, coupon that you can get for donating uh, for more information.org slash together. Um, and look for that. Uh, you can make an appointment through their uh, website as well. Uh, our sponsor code is RLCC. Uh, is coming up on uh, October 29th. Um, I just lost my thing. Sorry. Um, we are taking candy donations for that, so uh, if you you can drop them. There is a bin, I believe, at the back door there, and also outside of this door. Um, and then we need, uh, like, Trunk or Treat is a community. Of, if you would like to have a car, we need 30. Here we had over 1,000 people, so that's the number we're trying to beat. So if you guys can help out with that, uh, we have a drawing where there will be a winner uh, out of the people that decorate their car. So if you want to sign up for that, you will need to decorate your car, wear a costume, uh, purchase candy, and then you'll be giving out candy. To, uh, if you sign up, you are committing to doing it, so please take that into account. Um, you don't have to decorate a car to participate, though, if you want to just come and candy and helping in other ways. So if you'd rather do that, you can do that. The event is rain or shine, so we are going to attempt to have it out in the field like we usually do, but like last year, if it rains, we'll be having it either way. So be aware of that. Um, you can sign up in the lobby or contact the church at rlcc at reallifechristian.church. And then lastly, this is time out, board and brush. It's this Saturday, 9.30 at 2 p.m. Uh, sign up by 928 so they can get your board ready. And if you have any questions, you can call Teresa Meehan. And then as they're still getting ready for the baptism, let's just go ahead and do some more worship and just keep that mood going until we can have that. So if you guys will with me. I'm sorry, I lost my place. <laughs>
If you will, bow your heads with me. Thank you for this wonderful event that you've let happen today. Thank you so much for this new person that has come into your body that we share with everybody in the congregation. So bring somebody into that this morning. Please be with us as we go about our um, lives this week and we live in your name. So thank you so much and we pray in your name. Good week, everybody.